Uh, hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world Welcome to the Day In Day Out podcast Woo! Today on episode 165 I was very privileged to have uh, Ferris Akarani on the podcast uh, How can I say, he is a strategist and emotional uh, intelligence uh, consultant uh, We talked about many things, we talked about how he got started uh, Where his journey started as a teacher of all things um, And basically how he was told he didn't have enough experience uh, in the real world To like get a job and what he had to do uh, to take him to his journey of consultancy we also talked about how, yeah, he's just been uh, in business for the last 18 months. And when he started his business, uh, six months before, yes, the big pandemic hit. And how, what's that been like? I've got to say, a very nice chap, a great time to have conversation with. And yes, uh, I look forward to having conversations with him uh, again in the future. Hopefully, face to face, when we can do that properly, uh, not over the old zoom but nevertheless please uh, sit back enjoy the show and have a great time please don't forget subscribe it really does help and yeah have a wonderful day enjoy the show and yes be awesome peace <laughs> oh yeah oh Ah, hello my friends, hello my life warriors, wherever you are in the world Welcome to the Day In Day Out podcast Woo, uh, today on episode 165 I have, yes, he's very enthusiastic <laughs> I have Faris <laughs> Arenki uh, He is a uh, strategic and emotional intelligence Would you say consultant, officer, how would you describe yourself? Uh, joker, clown, um, court jester, and uh, yeah, consultant is how I tend to describe myself. Um, yeah. There are many private. Yeah, you know what? I have met many a consultant in my time, and yes, you are a proud member of that jester clan. What goes around the country? <laughs> now, I have to ask you, sir, have had how can I say an interesting journey getting here as a consultant. How does someone go from being a school teacher involved in the police force, become a consultant? Uh, I think we all have exciting journeys, but uh, how does how does somebody do it? By a bit of blind luck, by a bit of not taking no for an answer, uh, is probably the, the summary. But but more specifically, uh, I've always looked at my career as uh, as an opportunity to learn and try hmm. lots of different. And uh, I started off as a school teacher, as you said. I tried that. I really enjoyed it. I took such a great bunch of skills from it. Uh, but equally important, I realized it wasn't going to be my vocation. Uh, so uh, rather than just carry on and kind of do a disservice to myself and the kids I was teaching, mm. uh, I decided to, to move on and take the skills and try them in another arena, so to speak. Uh, and it just so happens I've done that several times. Uh, each time refining and really learning what I do like as much as what I don't like. And that's mm -hmm. taken the point of setting up my own company to really focus on stuff that I'm really passionate about, know I'm good at, um, and uh, well, just happy doing day in, day out. Ah. So would you say you've been, like, how can I put it, a seeker of discomfort uh, to basically find your place in the world? Uh, I guess that's one way to look at it. I mean, I've, been, I've thoroughly enjoyed everything I've done. Uh, mm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from the school of thought of there's no bad experience, right? Yeah, even, even when you feel terrible, you're at your lowest. In, when you look back at it, you, you will learn so much from it. You will, you'll take so much from it. If nothing else, you'll just have a great story from it. And I've basically got a 20 years of great stories. Uh, that's not to say that I've had 20 years of failures. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah. It's, it's uh, life is there to to be experienced and 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 made the most of really um and uh I, I i don't think i've stopped right now right uh i suspect i've got just as long to go in my career probably longer uh, if you look at how how we're doing as human beings uh you and i may be working into our 80s or 90s so uh nothing would scare me more than to hate every day from now until that time uh, uh going to work and going oh my god When's this treadmill going to end? 
<laughs> well, put it this way. Yes, working toward the 80s and 90s. Well, you know what? <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully they won't make those many changes. But, you know, <laughs> no. it's like, hey, you remember you, that? You might want to be doing it gladly. Uh, you never know, but like this is the thing. I, I can just see the government at the time, like, going, hey, you remember that time when we put everyone on furlough? Yeah, you guys have got to work and pay that back now. Come on now. <laughs> Keep on going. <laughs> don't, don't stop. <laughs> I mean, there's always a kick somewhere. It's, it's, I distinctly remember years ago when my dad turned around to me and my siblings and said, hey, you remember that pocket money I used to give as a kid? We were like, yeah, yeah. He said, now it's my turn to collect the pocket money. All right. I just want a thousand pounds a month. And I said, hang on a minute, dad. You used to go and you give us 50p. And he said, yeah, that's awesome. I told you all about that. So uh, there's always a kick somewhere. <laughs> just like, yeah, there's that inflation. Come on, son. <laughs> I taught you about <laughs> So how did you get your, like, after, like, traveling around, being a police, like, being a police officer, uh, there must be a story or two to tell there. Was you a police officer just working for the force? I was just working for the police. I wasn't an actual police officer. I was a civilian uh, support uh, in an office, actually. Um, we worked in the crime management centre. Sounds really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and to be honest with you, that was I just got into it through uh, as a temp job and then kind of showed a bit of initiative and kept getting you know, promoted and handed new things to do. I never, I never actually intended to go into the police, but it's fascinating uh, to actually work in an establishment like the police, um, yeah. particularly if you have no emotional connection to it. Yeah. Uh, you know, do you know the old phrase, um, if you want to eat sausages, don't work in the sausage factory? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I, I get it because like, it's, like, um, it's like McFitty's, the biscuit company. Like they, mm. let, they let everyone who starts working there have their fill. Let them act, like eat as much as they want. After one week, they can't actually stand the sight. <laughs> <laughs> Biscuits, chocolates, anything like that. Just done. Yeah, well, they didn't let me ha have all the policing that I wanted, but I, I definitely <laughs> got to see behind, behind the curtain, so to speak, and it was fascinating. Um, so, yeah. Um, but e equally, around that same time, bizarrely, because I was kind of experimenting what I wanted to do, I also had an internship uh, at the BBC. So I was a runner for the, uh, the Today programme, the news programme. Yeah. In the morning. Uh, so I was balancing. I was doing that in the mornings and then in the police in the, in the uh, afternoons and evenings. And uh, it was fascinating seeing behind the, behind the curtain at the BBC and seeing uh, what happened on a show like that. Um, again, I lost a lot of uh, the magic that I believed when I just listened to the show to actually being involved in it. So, um, yeah, I learned a lot during the, that period, uh, which for me was very much a transition because what I was trying to do was go from teaching uh, into the business world. Yeah. Uh, but I, I found it a lot harder. I found a lot of, you know, no companies were interested in ex-teachers because uh, they naively said, look, you have no skills, right? Why do you keep applying for jobs in a business? And I was just, I was just shocked. So I had to do this kind of transition stuff um, to, to, to kind of buy me time to, to, to make that leap. Well, <laughs> that's, you know what, sometimes I wonder about some companies, it's like, yeah, you've got no skills. Okay, yeah, keeping a rowdy group of kids between, like, between a group of 20 to God knows how many, uh, uh, get, like, teach, train them, and, like, get, like, make sure they're safe. Hmm, that's no skills whatsoever. No, you're like, you know what I mean? Tapping into realms of organization, time management. No, no, you've got no skills. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. But so. Yeah, it's totally crazy. I mean, I, I, I think they've moved on since then, but they probably haven't. Mm, I see. Like, with this, like, is, like, when you were a runner and then basically from, like, working with the police, when did you discover you went, okay, yeah, consultancy is my thing? How did you find that? How did you discover it? Oh. Uh, so I didn't move into consulting, right? So I, I uh, what I did was I knew I wanted to work in business, uh, yeah. and business seemed so nebulous. It just seemed like this, oh, this, uh, you know, this great thing. Um, and I, as I said, I struggled to get. I remember looking on the internet, finding jobs that I liked, kind of sending them a letter, never hearing back from them. 
And the one, you know, the, the one piece of feedback I got was you have no skills, you're a teacher. So why do you keep applying for actual line manager roles and stuff like that? Um, so I realized I had to start again, right? I had to start as a graduate, although I was considerably older than other graduates. So I just applied to a bunch of graduate schemes. And I, I in all honesty, I wasn't, it didn't bother me what the company was. I was just looking for the best opportunity. And I ended up at an end company. Um, so I took their scheme because it was the most flexible. Uh, they were they were totally happy if I showed the aptitude that I claimed to have that I could get a permanent job rather than stay on this graduate scheme. So that's why I ended up working for an energy company where I spent uh, about four years. Mm-hmm. And I learned, I learned all about the energy world and a bit of business. And it was then I was approached to join consulting. Okay. Uh, like, this is the thing. Like, what did, like, when someone, yeah, you could become a consultant. <laughs> what, did, what did you just look at them and go, what's consultancy or did you ask like, are you crazy? <laughs> what was... Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it was a mixed emotions because a lot of my friends and a lot of people look at consultants as the sort of, Hey, lend me your watch. I'll tell you the time. Right. Uh, you know, kind of, <laughs> a little bit like parasites, a bit like lawyers and stuff. But I'm not saying that lawyers are parasites, by the way, my lawyer has told me to say that. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think he's nibbling on your leg right now. <laughs> uh, He's kept in a cupboard. Um, then I'd see daylight. Um, no, um, uh, so yeah, obviously some people have strong emotions, but it seemed really appealing. Uh, you know, the, the, the things that sound exciting was the variety, the challenge, the pace. Mm. And certainly I worked for a, an energy company that was slow and it was a bit, um, uh, it just, it, it was repetitive at, at times. Uh, it seemed really appealing. Uh, particularly if you if you if you like learning and you like you, you, you know you like being pushed so uh so it's definitely the pros outweighed the cons and i made the leap mm. and when you left where did you where did you land exactly was it at the same energy company or somewhere else where <laughs> I, I so i left from this energy company and i joined a, a big consulting firm called ey uh, ah, yes um, and uh, I had, yeah, it was, it was a great experience, right? EY is a massive organization and they, it's a great place to learn consulting because they have all their processes set up. They, they are giant beasts. So, um, uh, you know, you can, you can pretty much experience a range of things and, and learn from a range of people. Um, now, all those pluses can be, there's some downsides to those as well. But uh, when I say you learn, uh, uh, you de- I didn't appreciate at the time that it does take some getting used to working in the world of consulting. Mm. Yeah, because it's like, I would say radically different to like going, like going from being a teacher, even working like in the police uh, or basically working as a runner. Uh, but it's just a very, like in some respects, I still look at it in the world of mystery. Uh, but yeah, I think to many people, but yes. How was it different for you when you got there? So it was different. Uh, I'll tell you the main differences were, um, I often describe it as having like having two husbands or two wives. All right. So when you have one job, you normally have one husband or wife. And, that, and that's your boss, right? You just have to impress one set of people. And if you, if you do well in their eyes, then good stuff happens, right? You get promoted, you get good yep. food. When you move into consulting, now you suddenly have this, this, this triangle where you've got a client that you're giving you know, advice to and you're doing work for, but you also have your own boss. Mm. And if you're lucky, both of them overlap, right? So if you do good stuff for the client, your boss also takes note and says, fantastic. But sometimes they have completely different objectives and you do good for one and then the other one goes, hang on a minute, what are you doing? Mm. Uh, that, that's not what, we want, what you wanted you to do. And I learned that the hard way in my first year of consulting where I, I was I was working on a project and I was I was doing going above and beyond for the client, working extra long hours, doing all these things. And then suddenly my boss pulled me into the room and went, what the, you know, are you doing? Right. And I said, well, I'm, I'm just just helping the client. I'm just impressing. They said, no, 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 no. Stop it immediately. Right. Because all that extra work you're doing, that was what we were going to sell them next. Right. <laughs> Make it an extra 50, 100K, 200K out of and you've just given it away for free. What are you, a moron? Um, so I, I was wrapped over the knuckles. I was told off, and I was like, hang on there. I never thought if you, if you do good stuff, you get told off. But, yeah. you know, so you've got this weird dynamic, right? And that, that can happen. Um, so that was certainly a big culture shock for me. And I learned a lot of lessons. And then the other big, big, big lesson, Andrea, is um, 
is because you're all doing loads of different things, right? You imagine EY has 150,000 people um, and there's mm. only six in that company or six or seven levels. So nominally, you're at the same level as about 20,000 other people, but you're all doing completely different things, but you all get judged against each other. So how do they know if person A is better than person B uh, when person A has done one activity and person B has done it, so that you can't compare them? Mm. Well, you suddenly learn that... Uh, PR and politics and networking is very important. You've got to promote yourself. And again, this is not something I was used to in the world of teaching or the world of employees. I didn't, I didn't expect to have to spend half my time going around going, hey, do you know I've done a really good job? Let mm-hmm. me tell you how job I've done. But that is, that is a key part of a, any professional services job is you need to be marketing yourself almost constantly. Uh, and I'm not saying 50% of your job, but you need to be out there telling your story a lot. Um, and until you realize that you're not going to get anywhere in terms of promotion and, and moving on in your career. Yeah. Wow. Like this is the thing when, like, when you think, uh, when you hear about that, because one of the things I do know about, like when it comes to sort of big consultancy companies, they do have their sort of graduate draft, which comes in each and every September. And it's like, yeah, if it's not Ernest and Young, it's, um, uh, KPMG, if it's not KPMG, it's Accenture. And like, you know, you just simply like go, right. But you don't actually, I've never really thought about it. It's like you've got 20,000 people all on the what? same level, like trying to vie to just get us like a little glimmer of light and attention to like, oh, right, I've done this. But it, like playing that sort of game of politics on a 12 hour day, maybe sometimes longer, <laughs> ain't easy. <laughs> It ain't easy. I'm being a bit disingenuous. They don't score you against all 20,000, but you know, you, everyone in your team at your level, you are yeah. judged. That, that can be 100 people, right? So it, it, there is an element of uh, learning to play the game, so to speak. And, and I, I, I come from a world where I wish that didn't happen. Uh, but if you're in that arena, read the rule book, play to the rules, uh, depending on if you, you know, what success means to you. Mm. Isn't it Einstein who says, like, if whatever game you play, learn the rules first, I think, and then basically go forward from there. Might be wrong about Einstein. I would tell my family that when we play Monopoly, but, you know. No, like, never play Monopoly. That's just the the game of divorce, family strife, and just basically all-out violence. Look, I think... I think forensic teams roll up into family houses and they have like, yeah, a monopoly board in the middle. And it's like, um, it was a monopoly. Like, no, they don't even class it as a murder. That's like, it's a monopoly incident. Move on. <laughs> so, Chalk it up. Yeah. absolutely. So with that, like, what was like, what was some of the things you, like when you started your own consultancy, you went, okay, yeah. I'm going to take this. And I'm going to leave this behind. What, what was the biggest takeaway you took going forward for your company? And what did you, what was the biggest thing you left behind, would you say? Uh, well, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, there's so much I took and, and, and left behind. Um, I mean, obviously it's a different, it's different for me. I'm, I'm running a small business now. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't have, uh, you know, I don't, the only person I have to impress is myself uh, and my clients. Uh, so I've kind of eliminated some of the complexity that was overhanging when you work in a business. Yeah. But you know what? Those fundamentals have served me well, right? Because to build a business um, is all about is all about networking and promotion. Uh, so all those skills I honed at promoting my career is now I'm just turning them to promote my business. Uh, and I, fortunately, I love talking to people like your good self, uh, and I love telling them <laughs> oh yeah get out of the room get out of the room here with it. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> yeah um so definitely but do you know what when you go from working in a company and you know i i talked about ey but i've also worked at other consulting firms mm. uh, they're great that they're big and they have processes but you only it's only when you step away do you realize how much that process takes up of your time right how much internal stuff you're basically losing 30% of your working week to doing internal stuff. So being handed back that time is, is so liberating. Uh, and, the, you know, your decision-making goes up, right? Uh, you know, I, I've been in organizations where I've been on, been part of a team to, to redesign websites and you're still on the same team a year later and nothing's changed. And when it came to building my own company website, in two days I was done, right? Mm. Because, you know, decisions on font, decision on what to write, 
I don't have to, you don't have to wait two months for someone senior to approve it and send it back. You're just like, just get on with it, right? Um, so I've certainly left behind the admin, the bureaucracy, but I take the good stuff and I, I try and uh, try and make the most of that to, to make the success of my business. Mm, yeah, I always think of big organizations when they've got to make decisions like that as sort of battleship, like battleship mentalities, because yeah, by the time you've turned around the battleship, it's like, yeah, the moment quite often is gone. It's like, going, yeah, when you're on target with that battleship, yeah, you annihilate everything. But when you're trying oh. to turn it. <laughs> There's probably some companies that are just approving getting fax machines to the office or something, right? You know, you know, <laughs> you've got to be quick. It's like, what do you mean we're not using the telegraph anymore? Yeah. <laughs> right? yes. Windows 5 is going to be awesome. Windows 95. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 95. What does the 95 stand for? I think it's the year, but it's 20, 2021. <laughs> so, with like doing the sort of big leap of doing your own business, what was the thing was like going, what compelled you to like go, hey, nah, it's time for me to break out by yourself? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, things are only scary if, if you deliberate on them a long time. And, you know, I, I, uh, I, I've long held the belief that you should uh, run towards the wrecking ball sometimes. <laughs> So um, trouble a few times, but uh, what, what, what I mean by that, I, I, you know, I I did deliberate for a while. Actually, I was working with a career coach and talked through uh, a lot about um, what I wanted to do next mm. uh, and where my career was going and what I, what I was enjoying, and um, and that took like eighteen months to come to you know to come back to actually. I'd love to run my own thing. I'd love to. I'd love to do the kind of work that I'm passionate about, build a business that I want, uh, because uh, businesses for me are a lot like politics, uh, you know, political parties. Yeah. I find it hard to find one party that I agree with everything that they do, right? you know, and the same with businesses. I've worked for some great businesses, but I don't necessarily agree with everything that they do. And so the chance to build a business that I think does all the great things, um, uh, what an opportunity, uh, why not? And if it all goes wrong, um, then, you know, hopefully, as shown by my experiences of just doing other stuff, I'll be able to, to land on my feet and, uh, and, uh, and go with it. Yeah. Now, I think with regards to, like, taking up a career coach to sort of do that sort of next step to, like, get into business by yourself, I think, yeah. I think a lot of people don't actually do that. I think they would, like, benefit hugely for it. Um, the reason why I say this now, because I think – with regards to the last sort of 16 months we've gone through, huh, yay, joy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I welcome back to uh, Freedom Day, as they say. But I think with there's going to be over the next sort of three to five years, I think a greater shift of people like, re like redefining who they are and where they sort of fit in. And I think like, yeah, doing the step where you did, getting a career coach and going, yeah, this is the this is what you truly want because I think I don't think when people like oh I don't want to do what I was doing in 2019 into sort of 2020 I want to do something different but they're not 100% sure how to get there and I think that that coach may have helped you I, I could yeah. be wrong oh yeah no I mean completely and two I mean two things I'd say is um you know professionally I, my business, part of my business is helping companies set their own strategies and mm. really change their strategies. So it's asking exactly the same questions a career coach asked of me, but I asked them to companies, you know, what do you stand for? What direction do you want to go for this? Sort of so it's really, it really fascinated me that I couldn't ask myself these questions and hold myself accountable. You mm. do need some external to really, to, to make great strides. Otherwise you're going to do it really slowly. You're going to avoid the questions and giving the answers. And what's what's really fascinating for me, you say you say the great, uh, you know, what's going to come out of the pandemic and stuff, and people reevaluate their careers and where they're going. Yeah, you know, I was giving a talk uh, a couple of weeks ago to uh, master students at a university, and I was meant to be talking about consulting. They wanted to, I was brought in to talk about how do you get into a career in consulting. I must have spent five minutes talking about consulting because the other fifty-five minutes, everyone just wanted to ask me how they set up their own business. And I was fascinated that people so young already, 
you know, focused on it already going, actually, would I get satisfaction from a career in consulting? Um, or should I try something a bit more innovative and do something that I might, you know, it might not be as successful. It might not necessarily, yeah. it's got greater risk, but hell, it, you know, it's exciting me after the year that we've all had. Mm. Yeah, and like this is the thing. I would say if anyone, if there's going to be a sort of real time, you're going to start a business where you can't, well, and can, well, if it goes tits up, you still got time to recover. I would say just coming out of, you know, I mean, graduate school might be an ideal time to do it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, there, there are arguments for and against. It was, it was a question they asked me specifically, should we yeah. start now? And I was like, you know, how long's a piece of string? Um, you know, it, it, it could be right. It could be, you, you, it could be something you do later on in life. Uh, you know, what do the stats tell you? The average age of a successful, first time successful entrepreneur is 40. Ah, uh, having a bit of experience is no bad thing, but if you can cover the lack of network and contacts with other, you know, with drive, with, with other things, then yeah. don't worry about the statistics. True. Like that, like that. So, so now, with mm. regards to all of what's gone on and everything like this, I, yeah. I have to ask now, success, what does that equal? <laughs> How do I know? Um, well, uh, success is equals a made-up equation that I created, which is success equals EQ times yeah. FQ uh, times IQ. Okay, uh, so those are three components. For those who don't know what those those letters stand for, uh, let's start with IQ. IQ is intelligence quotient, is being smart. So if you want to be successful, having a great ideas, a great plan is key, right? But crucially, the reason I say it's times the other two things is you cannot operate without these other two elements, all right? If they are zero and zero, anything times zero equals zero. Uh, that's the last teacher in me. So you need great ideas. You need a great plan. But you also need EQ, emotional intelligence, which is you need to be able to take others on the journey with you about that plan. You need to say, look, this is a great idea. Um, let, we should do it. And people be convinced and bought in and get excited by that idea. So that's the emotional intelligence, right? And then the last thing is the focus, right? You can be excited. You can have a great plan. But if you're trying to do 100 things at the same time, you're not going to be successful on the thing that you set out to do. So without the focus, you're tying your arms behind the back. So that's why you need all three elements. Mm. That is, that. there you go, my friend, I've just given you 20 years of, uh, of my professional experience summarizing the equation uh, because I find too often too many of the businesses I work with just go all in on IQ and then forget about the others. Mm. like well i think it's one of those things it's quite it's very easy to sort of look at the iq and go right you know yeah we're intelligent we've got this and we, like we've got some of the most brightest people around yeah let's concentrate on that so like yes when it comes to eq and like fq it's like eh, not so much and it's one of those things where you kind of look at the most sort of successful companies like, I think, yeah, they've got the IQ, they've got the EQ, but I'd say the FQ, they've got it in spades. <laughs> Absolute spades. And it's, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. And before you know it, like, they, they're huge. And, like, I would say uh, love them or hate them if you want to look at vast takeover of the world in no time at all. I got to look at Amazon and the way that sort of come up. Uh, what was Amazon in the 90s? That's <laughs> like... Yeah. yeah, it sold books. It, you know, it sold books. It posted you videos and DVDs and expected you to post them back. I mean, <laughs> nowadays. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. They, Jeff Bezos, love him, I hate him, had laser focus, stripped away stuff that he just didn't think was relevant and kept going. Um, whether he had enough EQ is we're seeing now. But hey, yeah. he's one of the most successful companies in the world. Um, and the same, the same goes with Apple and the same goes with Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there are other great companies that do this. You know, I work with companies of large and small and some of the startups that I work with, uh, and I love working with startups. They're so full of energy and enthusiasm. And actually sometimes, you know, uh, they have too much energy and enthusiasm and you need yeah. to strip them back to really focus on, on, on what's important. 
and once once they've got that away they go I'm curious because like one of the things like well with regards to the change like the changing realm of how uh, this little island of ours which was part of the EU has now left the EU and now it's trying to forge its way in the world by itself would you like would you say the sort of appetite of businesses out there come like new startup companies are there to sort of like become sort of global leaders or it's just about we're just bringing in the cash and we're leaving that at that where do you like how what's some of the vibes you get for some of these people hey i don't you know i've, I've never met uh i've never met a startup founder that has small ambitions let's mm. say um everyone wants to conquer the world but not in an evil way they just become evil later on no uh, everyone, everyone <laughs> World, you know, you don't. I've got a friend who went to uh, two Olympics, right? And he retired after his second Olympics because he came eighth. Uh, and when I said to him, "Why do you do that?" He said, "Because I tried twice. I came eighth. I was never going to be first. Mm. And that was right. And that is the same mentality of a lot of a lot of the startup businesses that I I work with. It's I'm here to change the world, right? Uh, uh, so, and uh, I don't think. Brexit, no Brexit will stop them thinking that. Um, what they will, what they will experience is different sort of barriers now because of Brexit that they might not have experienced, mm. and it might take away some of the barriers that they would have otherwise experienced. But they've still just got the same ambition. They just look at it, going right. What do we need to do differently to overcome whatever the, you know, it's about the rules of the game and what, however the board set up, I'll play it. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Like, because one of the things what sort of concerns me about sort of some of the new companies coming up and everything like this, we live in a world right now where capital is cheap. Um, like, and that, I don't know it when it's going to change, but at some point it's going to need to change because, look, we've been on, how can I say, we've been on the sort of quantity easing sort of crack money for quite some time like from 2008 just seemed like we were coming off of it and now we're back on it again it's one of those hard things to quit and with many a sort of company being launched with like this sort of cheap capital I just want I'm just curious about when times start to get harder if you get what I mean how resilient they're going to be like with the help of people like you hopefully quite resilient <laughs> hey, um, yeah, I mean, there's going to be tough choices and there's going to be uh, some companies are going to do well, some are not, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I, I started my business um, six months before COVID. And uh, what was fascinating, by the time COVID hit, I built a small portfolio of clients and some of the smaller ones didn't survive. Uh, you know, and that was not necessarily because they made poor decisions, but just timing they yeah. hadn't built up critical mass uh, to have sufficient cash flow. You always tell you cash flow will be what, what gets you. Yeah. So um, I think you can be smart. You can, you can be well-versed, but there is an element of timing and luck uh, that will play in it. And um, it, it will be survival of the fittest slash luckiest. Uh, but, you know, um, there are definitely good opportunities out there, as you say, with cheap. Yeah. Like six months before COVID. Wow. Like you might like that most like COVID, man. Like that most really was like, yes, this is my game plan. I've got it going. <laughs> let's do this. 2020. Let's make it happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, the story I kind of tell, the analogy I kind of tell is uh, uh, when, when I was a kid, I wanted to learn tennis. And I said to my dad, can you, can you buy me a tennis racket? And he gave me his old wooden racket that he used to play with when he was in the when he was a kid. Oh, and I said, okay. and all the other kids have got graphite rackets. And he said, no, look, look, son, if, if you can learn to play with a wooden racket, just think by the time I buy you a graphite racket, how awesome you'll be. What a great tennis player. So for me, if I can set up a business during a pandemic, just think when we're out of the pandemic, how awesome a business it will be. Well, yes, I'll put it this way. Like many a great company has come out of how times of recession times of hardship and yeah who knows uh, i'm sure you'll be going forward quite happily <laughs> so as like 
with regards to the whole sort of 2020, what would you say has been like your sort of greatest takeaway from it as a new business owner and basically as a business advisor in many respects? So, I mean, the pandemic as, uh, and 2020 was a hell of a year, right? And oh. obviously it presented health challenges that are unforeseen. But in terms of business challenges, uh, I often talk, say that all it really did was accentuate underlying things and, uh, and amplify them. Mm. Um, and uh, for me, one of the things it really amplified was um, just uh, how much we relied on seeing each other in a, in a business world to get stuff done. Mm. And it kind of masked a whole raft of problems or, or stuff that wasn't quite working correctly. You know, be that the, um, the lack of inclusivity for, for people who have families or uh, women in the workplace, um, be that how extroverts dominated over introverts, um, be that how, um, you know, one of the areas that I spend a lot of time with is, is remote working, is getting teams working better together. Mm. Um, because so many managers just relied on seeing each their staff to actually manage. And then when they don't see them, they forget about them. All right. They never don't check in on them. They don't they, they go. Oh, oh, and then they wonder why the staff, uh, you know, uh, get stressed, get things. And yeah. so it's basics and teaching people, look, you need to be you need to be doing these things to be a manager, to be a leader, to make your strategy actually work. You can't just go, oh, well, out of sight, out of yeah. mind. So, um, so, yeah, I think it's I think it's shone a light. And, you know, you take all those things I said about business. It's shone a light societally as well. Mm. Uh, and um, these aren't new things, but they're amplified and we need to go about fixing them. Um, and that's, that's my key takeaway of 2020. Mm. Yeah, like, you know what, like with regards to the remote working, it's like, okay, if you're working in the office and you were remote working and everything like this, and yeah, efficiency and like productivity was like just ticking along nicely. Um, whereas I would say companies were maybe five ten years away from like maybe softly softly bringing in like flexi working time or basically working from home and now it's like yeah you really can't say anything against it you like if you want people back in the office it's a different story it's something different um and i think that sort of everyone's peeked behind the curtain with that and there is a, i would say a lot of companies which can work perfectly fine without being in the office like what would you say to anyone who's like oh, nah now we're going back then back in five days a week regardless <laughs> hey look that might be the right answer but yeah. don't used to do um uh too often uh, without going to human psychology but we take the easy path you know the brain doesn't want to think things through it just it, it wants the path of least resistance and we're like oh well we used to do that so let's do that uh, again um but uh but yeah you're right we've had a massive experiment that has worked so you, you blow away a lot of arguments and uh yeah it's basically been a big change experiment and what i love about change is that we all hate change uh <laughs> we all have to get through the change curve it doesn't matter you know we're the most flexible person in the world we still go through it and I, I've got I was given a a great um it's a slide because I'm a consultant but basically a great slide early on in my career which says the 27 ways people say no to something all right and it's things like oh it won't work for us we've tried it before yeah yeah we're just not ready basically all those have been blown away uh, mm. by this experiment so um that's what I'd say is, you know, show me, you know, show me the reasons why you need to go back. What exactly do you need to achieve? And then tailor it around that. Don't just lazily say we need to go back. And I'll talk about my own business. You know, I, everything I do is about facilitation, is about energy, is about, it was in a room with people, getting them energized, using mm. whiteboards. Yeah. Uh, and I went, shit, how am I going to do this in a virtual world? Sorry, I don't know. If, I don't know if, what rating your podcast is. So I don't want to use a, You are but, fine. Go ahead. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, well, shit. All right. And I was like, how the hell am I going to make this work? Not just make it work, but then convince clients that, hey, uh, I'm so good at it. You should buy me. There's no yeah. drop off of quality. But you know what? 
uh, it it took a bit of a learning curve. It, it it means more pressure on me. You know, I have to I have to take all the pain. But ninety nine percent of things I used to do in the old world, I can do remotely. And do you know what? Even better, it, I can do it to uh, people around the world. So I'm working with people in Australia, in Brazil, in Singapore, um, without leaving my flat. Uh, it's amazing. Um, and I'm bringing the energy. You know, I ran a training course for Australia the other day, where I was up at midnight running for eight hours training we got to the end of the course and they scored me the highest they've ever had and they said you're so full of energy we never would have guessed it was the middle of the night for you and i said exactly. there you go there's the key um and so it can be done uh you know you just have to think about it and apply a bit of uh, elbow grease mm, like that i like that a lot that's like up at midnight okay okay <laughs> it's like Come on, I can do this. I can do this. I definitely went. I definitely had a siesta at two p.m. I won't lie to you, but you know that's okay. <laughs> no, I won't hold that against you. Like I, like you know what? I, I give you a big thumbs up for that. So yeah. Oh man, it's God. That's crazy. But you know what? That's the way the world is. And like I think it's a case of um, there is. A, I would say there has been a lot more sort of new opportunities coming up rather than the ones which have been lost along the way. And I think it's a case of how people are harnessing those opportunities. This is the key to it. And look, with yourself, yeah, look, uh, being able to train people all around the world rather than sort of now, like before, just looking in your own backyard and seeing that potential uh, grow from there. Uh, so do you think with regards to sort of potential what, like I've seen you on a YouTube a, a little bit here and there and doing a push-up yeah. here and there too. Uh, 25 days. Yes. 25 push-ups, 25 days. Mm. <laughs> uh, all I've got to say is that is a rather fetching ironing board indeed. Oh yeah. The ironing board uh, press-ups. Yeah. That, that ironing board is over 50 years old. I'm glad it survived. <laughs> well, like, well, you know what? You interested your life and your face to that ironing board. So <laughs> bravo. Like, do you think you'll get ever get into sort of the realm of like speaking or like something else along the way? Uh, hey, yeah, maybe. Um, I've you know I I long ago embraced a just say yes to most things. Uh, you know I, I used to have a saying you know say try anything once apart from incest and Morris dancing. Um, <laughs> well, just, <laughs> Not sure that that saying is relevant anymore. Uh, nobody knows what Morris dancing is, largely. No, um, um, they so, have Google. <laughs> good stuff happens when you just take a risk, run towards the record, say yes. So I talked about when I set up my sheer ghetto eighteen months ago. Mm. I doing business and stuff, uh, but it is it has opened up so many doors. You know, I, I have started doing a few talks. Um, I have started helping a friend write a book. Uh, I've been doing uh, articles for newspapers um, and things, things I didn't imagine or didn't set out to do, but they kind of turned up and I went, yeah, why not? You know, um, it might help the business. And I always thought it would help the business, but also I've enjoyed them. And, um, you know, the most random one is, uh, like I said, I, I've, uh, I somehow seem to have signed myself up talk, doing talks um, I, to give a talk at the University of Delhi to 2000 students over Zoom uh in a couple of months but uh again it was just it was a linkedin conversation that just kind of grew and before i knew it uh i was uh, you know i'd agreed to do it so I thought, why not you know what's the worst that happens but um yeah def definitely uh i can see lots of possibilities but my key is just keep having fun i like it Two thousand, like two thousand students in the University of Delhi. well you know what at least you don't have to get up in front of them <laughs> <laughs> so just like Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll be the same as talking to you. It's just talking to my in my iPad in front of me. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, says, he says naively. Um, well, yes. <laughs> like, like, I mean, you, what about you? Right? Where is your podcast taking you? Give, give me a flavour of some of the experiences that have happened because of the podcast. Now, like, this is the thing with my podcast, I started it out just like talking to myself over like, yeah, just over my phone, just like, yes, this is me where to be. This is the day in day out podcast. Ah. <laughs> Let me tell you, like talk about motivation and stuff like this. 
after sort of eight episodes, I was like going, yeah, you know what? No, I, I can't just do this uh, talking to myself. So I interviewed friends, interviewed friends. Then like mm-hmm. uh, my first ever podcast I did remotely. And this is before I discovered the joys of Zoom. Uh, I was working with Skype and OBS. Let's just say, <laughs> I don't know if you know these programs. Well, Skype, you must already know. Yep. OBS is more like a screen sharing sort of like okay. program. And when you get them to work together, you've got the two pictures set up and you can talk over the, like over the internet. Let's just say there is many moving parts in this. And as much as you check it, as much as you double check it, triple check it to make sure it's working perfectly fine. When someone else comes on to it, it will work, it will work, and then it won't work. So it'll be like, okay. So my first interview over at the interwebs was with a guy, a gentleman named Liam. Uh, yeah, he's like started up a PT, uh, like a number of PT businesses and fitness businesses. Yeah. Let's just say the first half an hour uh, was just me trying to get Skype and OBS to work. Uh, like desperately beating my head against the wall. And he was like, no, I've got you. I've got you. And yeah, that was like, okay. But from those sort of struggling beginnings, um, like, yeah, 165 with yourself uh, episodes, just like grinding them out. Um, But I won't lie, uh, with regards to last year's 2020, um, I decided to take full advantage of the free time I was given and like basically try to get as many episodes done as possible. And, okay, yeah. and basically it led to me uh, coming up to this number today. But the people I've spoken to, the lessons I've taken away, uh, I've met some of the like strongest people you'll ever meet where they've overcome cancer, they've overcome like a number of trials and tribulations to start businesses, to go places, to like just simply like even just raising up a finger to life when it throws all of its crap at them and go no hell no you're not taking me uh today you're not going to hold me down and it's like been a wonderful sort of education along the way and like and like this is the thing i tried to speak to as many people as possible i could have niched down with it and go yes i'm only going to speak to people in fitness and because i like fitness i like doing that or movies and i was just like but no it's a case of For me, it's important to like keep on pushing yourself, keep on growing. And by meeting and talking to a various, a myriad of people, I should say, it helps me do that. And look, with regards to some of your, like the insights I get, like from yourself, for example, look, you like you were in the corporate, like you went from being a teacher to like bouncing around a couple of places like a few places along the way before you could find your feet and that wasn't down to just simply like oh yeah oh, I need to find myself I need to discover myself it was a case of you went to places and went no you don't have any experience get out of here and let's be honest as I said earlier you're a teacher you've got to organize time you've got to train people you've got to like build a structured learning experience and all of these skills count for a lot so I get to learn this about yourself uh, how you started your business how you got there and so it's like yeah I get an opportunity to grow you get an opportunity to share your story and anyone out there has this fantastic opportunity to learn a little bit about yourself and maybe if they want to start their own business go forward with that and I think it's important that these like you hear these stories you hear have these conversations and like yeah it you never know how this conversation could have went down we could have went down sort of like a line or something more on the like politic side or stuff like this and a bit like an interesting debate could have like kicked off from there but here we are it's still a thing which is like going along and growing Completely. Well, and, and that's going to be the second hour, listeners. Tune in. No. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I think, you're, uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much to learn from others and you never know what little it can be a little snippet. One sentence can inspire somebody else. Mm. Uh, 
And that's what I love, right? People have inspired me and they will never know it. Um, and I've been fortunate enough, um, particularly actually by running my own business, but also having through the tools nowadays to actually have people follow up years later to tell me uh, how I influenced them. Um, and it's, it's incredibly rewarding, right? So some of the kids I taught 20 years ago now because of Facebook and LinkedIn actually look me up and, oh. and tell me, you know, the impact I had. Um, whereas I'm sitting there going, yeah, but you were a little shit. So, <laughs> no, yeah. so it's amazing to actually get that 20 years later feedback. Um, you know, my first client as a business for my business was a guy I trained 12 years ago, he came on a training course. And uh, for him, it was the, the best training course he'd been on and it changed his career. Mm. And so before that I set up a company, he immediately picked up the phone and rang me and said, look, what you did 12 years ago really changed everything for me. Are you still doing that training? He's very, he, you know, he's, he's got promoted now. He said, I want you to come in and train my juniors, what you told me 12 years ago, mm. um, which was lovely. And I couldn't quite remember what I told him. But <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, right, yeah, that sounds like me. Um, so it's amazing. You know, good stuff happens and you just don't know. So uh, give, give your time, give your words, give your experiences freely is what I say. Mm, yeah and like this is the thing never forget that yes people you meet along the way you might meet you might think you meet them briefly but you never know when they might resurface in your life so yeah treat everyone with a little bit of class and dignity or it might come back and bite you <laughs> um... yeah I'm curious to know like okay where where do you think you might be in say three or five years time with when all of this dust settles um when all the dust settles dust never settles um, <laughs> uh this dust just gets replaced with other dust um so learn to breathe the dust uh where will i be uh in prison uh, in space uh no i'm joking neither of those things i'll leave it to bezos and uh, brown <laughs> The race um i hope in well i hope in three three four five years um i will still be learning mm -hmm. i'll be growing a business um and uh you know it will it will have a bigger team doing the kind of work to uh help businesses sharpen their effectiveness um i hope i'll still be doing podcasts and 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 just still have that mentality of why not yeah let's give it a go let's try it um because have a you know have a plan kind of go in the direction if things change go with it uh you know start off as a school teacher maybe i'll end up as a school teacher um uh, you know I, I i i love whatever ending my story or it's not ending the next chapter will be but uh, certainly that is my that is that is my sort of aim and, and goal and vision and um i look forward to the experiences along the way yeah like with regards to a podcast will you be starting one yourself or will you just be oh, I, well i have a lot of respect for you and immense i did try and start one uh in 2020 uh i called it um standing on the shoulders of giants um which is very similar to you i think uh if we can if you can talk to fascinating people and stand on their shoulders and get a leg up it's fantastic uh and i did a couple episodes and then I just realized how painful it was to do all the editing and uh, all that malarkey. Uh, so I quietly abandoned it after a few hours. Um, so maybe in the future, it's far nicer to be a guest on a podcast uh, than to have to do all the legwork of uh, being the host. I understand. I understand. But like, hey, look, like this is the thing. Get someone, like hire someone to do the editing for you. So, like, you know what I mean? You don't have to go through that pain of things. Like, That's true. That's true. Do you want a job? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How much does it pay? <laughs> it's like, camera, talk off camera. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> that's a good point. But all, 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 I mean, um, also, hey, I'm, I'm, I run a business. Uh, I'm one person, you know, um, fundamentally running my business. Mm. It's about, it, when we go back to the FQ, where do I put my shoulder to get the most return and i enjoyed the podcasts but as a business development tool um i tried loads of things and actually i re realized that i was going to invest my time in other things that would give quicker returns mm. uh, 
And don't get me wrong, I love doing podcasts. I've done blogs and vlogs and article writing and, and a whole range of things. And I, I, I enjoy them all and I will come back to them all. But uh, it's about focus and, and f- follow the data. Uh, that's uh, how brutal I am. <laughs> follow the data. Ah, classic consultant. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing there was spreadsheet. Yes, yes. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Now, I have to ask this question, like a serious question, to okay. say the least. Um, it might like might give a real sort of deep dive into your psyche. We shall see. Now, okay. Like pick a like pick a film or a TV show, like, and now with that film or TV show, like the cast of the Muppets, like uh, from Sesame Street to the Muppet Show, now replace the whole cast of that movie or TV show with the cast of the Muppets, except okay. one human actor. Which film or TV show would that be? <laughs> um. Well, the film I was thinking was Old Boy, which is one of my favourite films. I haven't watched it, but like, my, my lady loves that film. Okay, yeah, let's go with that, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I didn't know where you were going. Yeah, okay, so, I mean, it's a, it's a hell of a film. It's quite violent, but I could, I could see all the Muppets doing, uh, doing the different scenes. Okay. Um, right. Uh, so who would be... Would you have the lead as a human or would you have them as a Muppet? Because I, I, I vaguely remember what the lead looks like, yes. Uh, I would have the lead as a Muppet. It, it would make it a, a lot more entertaining. Uh, it, it, um, I'd probably leave the human as like the, the villain uh, oh. uh, guy at the end. Um, because it's just this, this whole, you know, it's a revenge movie. I won't for anyone who's not seen it but just to have a whole bunch of muppets fighting it out amongst themselves trying to solve a mystery then to the final scene to be confronted with a giant human um it would be massively entertaining (laughs) i like it i like it (laughs) it's like yes if you like old boy you must like the raid or the raid 2 I do like the raid in the raid too, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the reason I liked Oldboy was not for the violence, was for the twist and trying to work it out. Um, uh, I love those kind of like, oh, did not see that, can't you know? Oh, why didn't I see that sooner? But it's just it's it's the art of great storytelling, um, which you know we've touched on before. So mm. much of about storytelling, um, something I go into businesses and teach in and, and use, um, and you know, it, I love Old Boy because it's a story that you can't see the ending. And that, that for me is, keeps me even more hooked. Because sometimes when you know how it's going to play out, you tune out. Um, and I often tell people, that, you know, that's the same in business, right? You're in a meeting. If people kind of know how the meeting's going to go, they'll be on their phones. They'll be a, but if you can keep attention, if you can actually tell a story in a structured way, they won't realise that they're, that they're absorbed. And actually, it'll be much richer uh, they'll be then more energized, engaged, and actually have listened. Um, but not a lot of people look at things like that. Mm, interesting, interesting. I like it. Um, yes, I've got to simply say, yeah. I uh, like with regards to the whole story telling side. Yeah, at the power of stories, I've got. I do love that. And yes, when it comes to sort of twists you don't see coming, yeah. Uh, the the old one for me was the the usual suspects, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, another I, and I will not say anything about a film which is now thirty plus years old about <laughs> the twist might be mm. <laughs> potential spoilers, but not today. Make it, uh, or yeah, we're just waiting for more films like that. Yeah, ah, brilliant, brilliant. Um, yeah, let's see. Now, with regards to how people can find you out on the big wide webs, how can they do that? Uh, well, uh, they can type in my name into some small search engine called Google. But um, uh, the best way is to check out my company website, which is www.sheerghetto.com. You're probably wondering how Sheer Ghetto, that's backwards. So it's S-H-I-A-G-E-T-O. 
uh, Japanese word. Uh, I have no connections to Japan, um, but uh, it sounds cool. No, uh, it's, the, <laughs> it's the Japanese word for a sharpening stone because my business sharpens other businesses. So it's a, mm. I thought it's a nice metaphor. So Shia Ghetto, uh, look me up on LinkedIn, uh, Faris Ranke, um, and uh, or just just shout. I've got really good hearing. Yes, and I put it this way, people, whoever was watching the video, he has more merch. Trust me, he does. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a mug. He has a cushion somewhere there as well. And I, famous, I have a famous cushion. Thanks, Mum. I tell clients if they buy enough work, then I'll get my mum to make them a cushion. Um, it doesn't matter that she's an elderly lady with arthritis. <laughs> or work. Do, uh, I, I love you. <laughs> oh, you you said it. You said it. time and memorial. Okay. Oh damn. Well, do I'll put all the information in the show notes. Uh, we'll also send the authorities around to check on his mother to make sure she's okay. <laughs> not not, not to make cushions by candlelight or something like that. <laughs> but yes. Harris, I'd like to say thank you for coming on today, man. You have been a pleasure, a joy. <laughs> the pleasure's been all mine, Mira, and, and I've really enjoyed it. And uh, I look forward to listening to another 165 episodes. Oh, uh, well, you know what? I'm sure I'll get you in the mix for a couple more, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd like to say this to you, my friends, my life warriors who are still here right now, listening, watching at this present time. I'd like to say thank you. Please stay safe, stay well, be awesome, be excellent, be fantastic, be all the positive bees you can be in this world, and then some. See you later. Peace. Ah, and we are...